The Vibes! We're back. BJ, we're back in the building like we never left. <laughs> We've been a little a little bit of a break. We've been on. The fans have been complaining a little bit. I'm sorry, guys. Mo's been too busy. Mo's too busy for us. Hey, hey. I'm Man's always making money. I'm trying to make the money to bring you guys this show. Because, you know, a daily show takes some time and effort. So, got to pay those bills. Been doing some great stuff with NBA 2K23. Which reminds me, if you guys at home haven't yet pre-ordered the game, it's almost launch day. Hit the link in our bio. Make sure you pre-order that in the description or wherever you find that link. Get your pre-orders in. We're going to be on there. BJ, how you been living though, my man? Man, it's all good. You know, it's September. Mo's in town. Mo's in the country, you know. And uh, NBA 2K23 is here. I'm waiting for Mo to teach me how to play. Mo says I'm in the game. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm uh, just kind of hanging. Season's right around the corner. Yes, sir. Stay tuned for that content. BJ learning how to play 2K. But in the meantime, whilst we've been away, Donovan Mitchell got traded to not the New York Knicks, but the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it's not going to be your initial reaction because you've had a few days now to digest the right, news. But right. what's your takeaway from this trade? What was your first thoughts when you heard about it? And how has that changed? Have you had any further thoughts since then? Well, when you're making a trade, Mo, a lot of times, you know, you try to get a trade that works for, for both teams. I think it's a win-win for both teams. I think it's the best trade that happened in the offseason, and I also think it's the worst trade Ooh, that happened in the offseason. Okay. I'll start off with the best trade. I think, without question, the Utah Jazz needed to break up that team. Oh, without doubt. And I thought they found a great place for Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great place for Donovan Mitchell thus far when I'm expecting more trades to happen for this team. But I also think it was the worst trade because they're going to go from a contending team, a playoff team, to the seller. I mean, they're going to be oh, okay, okay. one of the worst teams in the NBA. A playoff team, yeah, but they were never truly a well, contending team. It, it, Mo, once you get down there, it's, it's always tough to come back. It's always. It's, I, mean, I mean, was there anyone actually thinking the Utah Jazz were serious threats to win an NBA championship with that their team? Record, they had, one year, they had the best record in the league. Yeah, so, so did all those Atlanta Hawks teams. and no They've one always they been play. a very good regular season team. Regular season yeah. team. And that. now, without question, they're going to be in the lower half. They're going to be at the very bottom. The very bottom <laughs> of the NBA. You know, I was trying to be nice. Yeah. So that's a tough place to be. So I think it's a, it's a great trade because it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's tough because, without question, the Utah Jazz fan base, they've always had a good team out there. They've always expected, at least for their team, to be in the playoffs. And suddenly now, they will find themselves at the bottom. And it's no guarantee that you're going to get a good player in the draft or however they feel they're going to do it. So it hasn't been – history says it hasn't been a – free agent destination <laughs> so we'll see how this plays out you know what i love is that you're the first person i've spoken to about this trade or even all the shows i watched all the podcasts i listened to every single person their first reaction was to talk about cleveland but you broke down the utah jazz which was an interesting perspective for me for the utah jazz it made perfect sense collect those picks the worry for the utah jazz though not the worry because they've got as many picks as okc have now over the next time of many drafts but those three picks that they've got from the Cleveland Cavaliers now, they're not going to be very good in the draft. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers, with young players like Mobley, Allen, Garland, and now Donovan Mitchell, right. you, obviously you never know what's going to happen. But those picks, 
aren't going to be as high as you might want. This is why people were talking about the Lakers picks being so coveted or the New York Knicks picks, because with those teams, you could easily see a situation where in a few years they completely fall off. Like the Brooklyn Nets back when Danny Ainge took all of their picks for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, their picks became extremely valuable because that team crumbled by the time those picks were due and you ended up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So they've got a lot of picks now which they could consolidate to move up in the draft, but we've got to see what happens with that because I don't see any of them their picks aside from their own ones at the moment ranking very high because even the Timberwolves with Anti Edwards look to be set to compete for the next five to ten years. So that's the Utah side of things, but obviously it was good to rebuild enter this new franchise phase and they've got mm -hmm. Bogdanovich and Clarkson and all these guys that they are probably going to move before training camp is over with. But let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers side of things because that's what I think the, the land, the, the land, land. <laughs> the Cleveland, you know, so everyone's hopes of LeBron returning there. Obviously LeBron signed his extension in LA and now they've got Donovan Mitchell on the book. So LeBron will not be returning. But what do you make about this trade? Because I think both of us share the similar thought about the Cavaliers that they suffered with injuries last year and this season they're going to be really tough to beat. And that was before they basically sent, because Colin Sexton didn't play last year. Right. So the only player really from their rotation they sent out is Laurie Markkinen. So now they lose a bit of size from their team because he was playing the three and giving them some spacing, some shooting and some size. But they brought in Donovan Mitchell, who's an all-star. Although he's not my favorite player, he is a very talented young guard in this league on the offensive side of things. What do you make of this trade for Cleveland? For Cleveland, Mo, I think it was a great trade. I really, I thought it was a great trade for them. Why do I say that? They're ahead of schedule. I think Garland became an all-star. Mobley is going to be an all-star. Jared Allen, I think, you know, you got Kevin Love. Hopefully Rubio gets back over there. You know, they have a lot of young Nice talent. And I think this team now says, you know what? Let's push it in. Let's push all our chips to the middle of the table. And let's see where this team can go from for the next three to five years. They have guys under contract. So I really feel that right now with Donovan Mitchell adding to the fold, that it's going to give them a very competitive team. I do think their backcourt is small. They're only like 6'1", 6 6 yeah. But their frontcourt – is very tall. Super size. So I think it will balance each other. And I'm really excited to see how good this Mobley kid is going to be. Because I think as good as Donovan Mitchell and good as good as Garland and these guys who will be, without question, they will be in the mix. I think this team will go as far as Mobley. And mm -hmm. Mobley, to me, is a – he's a star. I think the kid is a star, especially defensively. And I think if – if Garland and Donovan Mitchell and these guys can fit in and find some type of rhythm and Mobley ascends to the level that we all think he's going to, I think uh, this could will provide a very good move for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So my initial thoughts on this trade, well, someone asked me on the timeline, they said, Mo, what do you think of this trade? I said, well, everyone gets what they want. You know, Utah have got their picks. Right. And Cleveland have got their superstar. And Donovan Mitchell has once again found someone to clean up his mistakes on defense. Yeah. He went from Rudy Gobert to Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley, which, you know, That's... he had one guy protecting the bucket, now he got two, right. which is for Donovan Mitchell, unless he makes a dramatic step on the defensive end, 
Like, Darius Garland's an undersized player, but at least he tries on the defensive side of things. At least right. he brings the effort. But Darius Garland's 6'1 at the point guard position, so that's fine. 6'1", 6'2", at the two-guard position. Yeah. But he's got crazy wingspan. Right. And in college, he had the motor defensively since he got to the NBA. Maybe that's because he had to do so much on offense for the Utah Jazz. That potentially could be a reason. Maybe we'll see him bring more on defense now that he's sharing those ball handling duties with Darius Garland, who's also a good scorer. Right. And I think what's going to be the most interesting part to me is, is he going to pass the ball to the bigs? Because famously, he didn't pass the ball to Rudy Gobert. So we're going to see <laughs> if that was a personal beef or if he just doesn't like passing to bigs. Because I think he can be a very good passer. Well, Mo, we would hope, we would hope that he figures that part out. Mm -hmm. Because passing is without question one of the essential elements you have to have, especially as a guard playing with those big guys and there's no excuses for any guard to be playing with both of those players because they're they're both finishers above the rim yep to not be able to figure out how to have a nice balance between scoring and you know dishing off to your bigs here's my problem with the Cleveland Cavaliers as much as I think they got great front court and they got great back court it's the wing position right because right now you've traded marketing your hope is now Isaac Okoro can become somewhat serviceable on offense. He's good defensively. Offensively, they guard him like he's Ben Simmons. No one okay. pays attention on a perimeter. So unless he's slashing or he's on the inside, no one's really worried about him. But in the NBA, to succeed at the highest of high levels, to win a championship, you need a great wing player. We're talking about Giannis. We're talking about Kawhi, LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. All these great teams have had that guy who plays the two, the three, maybe even the four, and is the guy for that team. Right. Whereas Cleveland have now got great small guards and great big bigs. Do you see Mobley taking that step to becoming somewhat of a Giannis type, not in the same way that he plays, but becoming that their go-to guy? Becoming the guy that in a playoff game down the stretch can create those advantages and carry a game home like the players I listed can. Well, we, we hope. You know, I don't want to put too much on Mobley's plate right now. I think I'm just looking for him to continue to develop because he's such a force on the defensive end. Yes. And I think he will figure out how to impact the game in his own unique way, whatever that is. You know, we've traditionally, like you just, you know, you know noted with some great players. But I think Mobley has the ability to affect the bottom line. You know, you can't forget about Karis LeVert. Yep. Is still there. So I think Karis LeVert, with their depth, Kevin Love, and they'll have, you know, a lot of veteran players that they can go to. But it's like they've got depth at the one and the two, and they've got depth at the four and the five. It's that three spot that I'm really looking at as a concern for me. Because at least with, like, the Timberwolves, okay, you've got the two bigs, and then you've got DeAndre Russell, who's a smaller player, but at least you've got, you know, Anthony Edwards, who is that kind of traditional, should I say, wing Well, I think if you look at it from with. a traditional standpoint, I think you are you are correct. However, mm. this kid Mobley really was playing at three last year. Yeah. And Mobley, you know, we're, it's a different league. And no one, myself included, I didn't anticipate Mobley and Jared Allen as a lethal combination. I mean, I wasn't saying... I wasn't sold on the 100 <laughs> mils for Jared. I'm not even going to lie. I'll hold my hands up to it. Yeah. I wasn't I, sold on okay, it. Okay, I, I didn't say... I, I, I like Jared Allen. You know I loved Mobley. Yep. You know, I was like, how's this going to fit? Kevin Love, Laurie Marketing. You know, you got three seven-footers. You know, how's this really going to fit? Mobley, they put it to three, and they just kind of figured it out. You know what's crazy is, I think, like, 
maybe 28, 29 of the other NBA teams, if they had drafted Evan Mobley, they would have put him at a five. Straight away, right. they would have just put him in at a five and said, okay, you're, you're our center now. We're going to play small ball, and you can stretch the floor and do what you do on defense at the five position. So credit to the Cleveland organization. You know, uh, absolutely. To but that kid is a true talent. This kid is a very, very what, what, rare talent. What is his ceiling? Do you see, like, multiple time all-star? Do you see him being all-NBA? you see him I, being He's a, an all-NBA. Do he's you a, think he can be the best player on a championship team? I, yes. He's, he, he's that skilled. Now, I think his body is going to have to catch up to where he's at. He's, you know, he came out after his freshman year. He's thin. He's not like, you know, a big, you know, even yeah. you look at Giannis now. But you got to remember, it takes time to get there. You don't want to just put... 30, 40, 50 pounds in, in over a summer. So it's yeah. going to take him time to get there. However, his skill set and his skill level is unbelievable. His feel for the game. And defensively, he just has a knack. I mean, some players just have an ability on the defensive end. He has an understanding, phenomenal timing, great length, his reaction. The game's not too fast for him. And I think in the next two to four years, you'll see his name up there at the top of the list. I think he's that gifted. Now, obviously, he's got to continue to play and get stronger and play through contact and so forth and so on. But if if he continues on this trajectory here, the sky's the limit for this young man. Do you know who I get in my head when I think about Evan Mobley? Now, I, I, I want to preface this by saying I don't think he can reach the level of the player that I'm about to say because it's one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. Okay. But he gives me the same type of energy of a Tim Duncan. Defensively, offensively, very good, and then just goes about his business. You know, he just gets the job done, and it's not too flashy. I'll take that. Too, I'll take that. that that's uh, the, I don't know if it's just me that the, sees that. He's the winningest player in the history of the, the NBA. Yeah, precisely. Uh, if he turns out to be that, I'll take that. Do, do, do <laughs> I think he's going to be as good as Tim Duncan? No. But I think he could come pretty close. And it's that type of player. You know what I mean? He doesn't need the spotlight on him. He'll do what it takes for the team right. to win. Because a lot of players come in, you know, and it, the franchise becomes theirs. Whereas he's coming to Cleveland and Garland's an all-star and Allen's an all-star. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll be all-star next year. He's an all-star, but he is the best so player. So you, do you think that the Cleveland Cavaliers could have four all-stars in the all-star game next year? They could. They could, but they could. However, you know what I love about this team? Let's just get to the playoffs. Mm. How far do you think they can go this but, season? In that well, first when, you, when you look in the East, right, you still have Philly. Let's rank it. Let's rank okay. it from the best down. All right, so so you know who's you the best team in the East going into this season? Talking about to win the Eastern Conference, not in the regular season. To well, win I would the say Conference. probably if you just look at it on paper, you would probably say Philly. That's number one. As number one. Okay, then it's it's always hard for me to bet against Giannis. It's always so Giannis, Boston, Miami, and then you you know what? I know they haven't won, but on paper Brooklyn is the best team on paper. They're the best team on paper. So I I can't I can't. So that's five. That's five. Toronto or Cleveland? This is a question that I've seen a lot. Of people I think Cleveland in. right now. Do you think Cleveland are ahead of Toronto? I think Cleveland is ahead of Toronto. Right okay, now. what do you think? In terms of the difference between those two, do you think it's close, or do you think after this trade? I think it. I think because I had them at the same level before the trade. Yeah, I think it's close, and the reason I say that is because 
both of those organizations, their best players right now will be second-year players. Mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. Okay. You know, and, and, and Toronto has done a great job of they've acquired all of these 6'9", 6'10", players yeah. that just play, and Scotty Barnes is leading the charge. And then all of a sudden, Evan Mobley, he can play in that 6'9", when he's a 7-footer. Mm-hmm. So I think he's very unique. He's just a unique, unique talent. So I think Donovan Mitchell right now pushes Cleveland over the top. Mm-hmm. However, you know, you got to do it. And give Toronto credit. Toronto, they made the playoffs. Cleveland, they made the play-in, right? If, if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, they yeah. made the play-in last year. So I think right now Cleveland has the, have the mindset. So let's Cleveland get is to sixth th- in the East, you think? I think Cle- Cleveland could be better. Cleveland mm-hmm. could be better. I think I think both conferences have improved. Yeah. Well, you see, like, it's all well and good us saying this now, but one of those teams is going to have a major injury. Well, hopefully they don't, but we, we know how the NBA goes, and one of those teams mm-hmm. might have a trade midseason. The chemistry might not be there. What I want to know is, do you know what I would have loved to have seen? Although my favorite team is in the Eastern Conference. That same trade package they offered to Utah, if they had offered that to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant, that's a lot of picks to start rebuild. If they had got Kevin Durant on the Cleveland Cavaliers, your dream of an all-seven-foot lineup would have just been yeah. one away. That's it would be Darius Garland and then Kevin Durant, Evan Mobley, uh, Jared that, that, that's Allen, my Love. That's my dream. So, I, I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in this lifetime. It's going to happen. So it's just a shame the Cavs couldn't get that trade done. Brooklyn's unpredictable as well. We'll talk more about you know rankings and, and what we think in, in the future episodes. But now for Utah. They're supposedly going to have a wholesale on the rest of their roster. They already sent Patrick Beverly to the Lakers that we've discussed. Where do you see destinations for the other players? Have you heard any rumblings or any rumors about where some of those players are going to go? Or not even if you've heard anything, where do you think guys like Bogdanovich and Clarkson would fit in best? And even Mike Conley's still there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Mike Conley is on the last year of a deal. Mm -hmm. So I think he probably will go to a team they will probably be looking to acquire, you know, for cap space. Mm-hmm. I think he will be a, a transactional trade to where, do, where I, I have no idea. Um, go do, ahead. Do you think there's a world in which the Lakers attach a pick to Russell Westbrook and swap him for Mike Conley? I do not. Why not? I, 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 that's I, an I idea I've seen a lot of Lakers fans talk about recently. I, I don't think so. I, I think just because not that – Mike Conley's better than Russell Westbrook, but because he would be more effective as just kind of a spot-up shooter in that Lake offense rather than needing the ball in his hands to be effective because he could be a catch-and-shoot guy. Defensively, obviously, very Well, here's the thing. If Darvin Ham coaches anything like he played, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be a lot of (laughs) spotting up. (laughs) Okay? I'm looking for this Laker team to have new energy. And, you know, I know Darwin a little bit. I think they're going to be a defensive-oriented team first. That's what they used to say about Frank Vogel, that he's a defensive uh, coach. But. Well, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, Darwin has had success as an assistant coach under Coach Bud. And I think the energy of Pat Bev kind of is more in line with his personality. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting – for Coach Ham and the Lakers organization to find more players 
that can get out there and grind a little bit. Some and, dogs. And, and, and play with a different level of toughness on the defensive end. Everyone's looking for spotting up and all of that. I'm not expecting – what I'm expecting, I'm expecting Anthony Davis to anchor their, def- their defensive team. I'm expecting LeBron James, you know, to come out there and, and, and be respectable on the defensive end. But I'm really expecting, you know, um, Pat Bev to hold everyone accountable. I'm expecting That's what he Coach said him. he'd do. When he, remember when he went on uh, Stephen yeah, A. show I, at the yeah. start of the summer? I mean, and he said if, if the player like me was on the Lakers, we'd be, we'd be in the finals or now, whatever it was. If they can get that, I'm not worried about the offense. LeBron James will get 25. If you can get me 25 and 25 from Anthony Davis, we'll be respectable. If you can get me 60 games with Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's but if you can give me 25 points, 25 points from him, from LeBron, and then they're and then they're held accountable. They'll they'll be they'll they'll be a decent team. Mm-hmm. However, now you're talking about how many games, so forth and so on. But if you if you get me 65, 70 games with those guys, I'm okay with that. So I think Coach Ham really is going to. I I, I personally would give the Russell Westbrook thing a try. Same same, but the Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge. Seems apparently to be dead set on the Lakers' 2027 and 2029 draft picks. So that's why the Lakers keep coming up in these rumors because also Bogdanovich or Jordan Clarkson even returning to the Lakers, they could be very useful kind of role players on that team. And obviously the Lakers have those picks and Russell Westbrook is the salary because he's on the final year of a deal if, as well if, to go out and get if it. If I were the Lakers, I would be hesitant to do that. Why? Because you don't you, – you can't – you have to always do three things when you're running a team, right? You got to live in the now, the present, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, develop the current players or the, the the players that's on the roster, young players, and you have to always prepare for the f- future with your draft picks. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just throw in your draft picks right yeah, now. Yeah, because they've got an older roster. It's not like the Cavs, yes. who we talked about earlier. With- because if they did that now and with the age of their team, they have nothing. They mm-hmm. have n- nothing. Now, <laughs> if for some reason, they get off to a, a fast start, and suddenly it looks like they have a chance. I think you got to consider it at, at, at All-Star Weekend. What could push us over the top? Mm-hmm. Right now, September, October, November, no way. Do you see any other teams around the league that are in that space of kind of trying to contend and will throw in a few draft picks to go and get some of those guys? I think a team like Phoenix. The Suns? Okay. I think, I think Phoenix will do that. Um, maybe Milwaukee. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, I don't know how many picks that they have. Yeah, I, 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 I think made, um, you know, Cleveland has already done it. Maybe, maybe New Orleans at this stage. They have to be feeling good about themselves. Memphis as well. They got a very young team. Memphis is interesting. In. I'm not sure what Memphis is really doing right now. They, I mean. But that's another subject. We don't want to yeah. get we don't want to get sidetracked. I'm not sure what Memphis is doing, but I think there there will be a team. You know, maybe a team. You know, maybe Sacramento or maybe Golden State. Yeah. You know, but I I would think Danny would be very hesitant to trade in the Western Conference. So I think he would probably trade East. Mm-hmm. I think he maybe your Celtics because Danilo Gallinari got hurt, which yep, to me is a mellow. big blow. They're talking about yeah. mellow, and I think that's a big blow to them. So. You know, I, I think Danny would probably want to go out east someplace. 
he mm-hmm. could find it and really try to, you know, he, clearly he has a plan. His plan is in place. The one he he did the same thing in Boston, which clearly is yeah. very solid. What he's done as far as acquiring picks and building through the draft, which I agree with. So, um, but I think he would go out east unless something just knocked his socks off yeah. in the Western well, Conference. I just have to pull up this list because the list was too long to memorize. Here is what Utah have got in exchange for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Okay. Malik Beasley, Talon Horn Tucker, Stanley Johnson, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Laurie Markinen, Agbaji Sexton, first round pick in 2023, two first round picks in 2025, two pick swaps in 2026, two first round picks in 2027, a 2028 pick swap, and two first round picks in 2029. They have 15 first round picks over the next seven drafts, tied with the OKC Thunder for the most. Uh, For any Knicks fans listening, the Knicks have been unwilling to give up three unprotected first-round picks in a package for Donovan Mitchell. Um, do you think, just before we finish this episode, do you think that it's a blessing in disguise that the Knicks didn't go for this trade? Because personally, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle is not a team that moves me in terms of winning for the amount of trading away your future, and that's three max contracts there. I don't... I wasn't keen on the Jalen Brunson signing, but also this, if they're traded away RJ Barrett, which is what was reported for Donovan Mitchell, I personally would rather have RJ Barrett at this stage on my team than Donovan Mitchell. But maybe that's just me. Well, I I, I think it's a personal preference. And as is, Mm -hmm. you know, if they got Donovan Mitchell and had to give away RJ Barrett, no, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Why? It would be extremely small in mm-hmm. the backcourt. You know, I think Mitchell Robertson will someday be an elite shot blocker. I mean, he yeah. already is. He's I mean, the that's a potential. I don't think he's that now. Um, the combination with Julius Randle and Donovan Mitchell and Brunson, I, I, it just didn't seem like a good fit, as is. Now, if they have something else that we didn't know about, which is possibly. Maybe. Maybe. But as is. I wasn't a big fan of that just on paper. But it doesn't mean that they, they couldn't figure it out. Those are all, you know, good players. Um, but I think with the salaries and the trades and R.J. Beard's a really, really good player. I happen to really be a big fan of his. I think that's too early and too much to give up for him. Mm-hmm. I think he is a all-star caliber player. It has nice size. Uh, he kind of reminds me the same effort of like a Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. you know, plays with that type he's of a size. grinder. Yeah, he's a grinder. he just plays. And you know what I like about him, Mo, is he, he is he's he's been consistent as a young player playing in New York City, which you know is is tough. Mm-hmm. But he shows up for games. He works. Been hard. very durable. He puts his head down playing a lot of minutes, especially over last season when we saw all those issues with Julius Randle and the disruption. I, I like him. RJ stay consistent. But yeah, that's the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland Cavaliers, all that good stuff. We'll give them a little bit of bonus content right now, BJ. Because we've been away. Yes, yes. I'm going to play a guessing game. Okay. Because our good friends at NBA 2K today released the player ratings for some of the top players in the NBA. (laughs) And I'm going to get you to guess them. BJ, which player do you think has the highest rating of all the current NBA players? Which player is rated the highest? This isn't. This is just on the two K. On the game, yeah. Because each so each player in the game 
gets a rating, right? So okay. BJ Armstrong, you might be 91 overall because it adds up I'm your three-point, your I'm defense. I'm going to say... If, Who do you think is number I, I, one? John Morant. Not the, the, the best rating in the game, the best NBA player in the game right now, you think is John Morant? Uh, yeah. No. Who? Giannis. Well, I, I I just say in the game, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it adds up together your defense, oh, okay. your offense. Well, Giannis, you, you know what I think about Giannis. So if Giannis is a 97 out of 100. Okay. There are one, two, three. Is four, that the highest five. game? Is yeah, that the yeah. Highest? Well, Michael Jordan is 99 in oh. the old teams. but Has anyone ever been 100? No. Oh, no. That's a lie. Shaq one year. Yeah, I think in 2002, I believe Shaq was a 100 overall. But no one has ever been 100 since. Okay. There are one, two, three, four, five players that are all rated 96 overall. Can you guess those five players? So basically, the top five players in the NBA right now, except for Giannis. So Luca. Luca's got to be. Nope. Oh, God. How, how can Luca not Luka, be? Luca is one below at 95. Uh, Joel Embiid's got to be at 96. Yep, that's one. Jokic? Yep. Steph Curry? Mm-hmm. We got two more, right? You got one more. Kevin Durant? That's right. Oh, no, you got one more, sorry. One more. Jason Tatum? Nope. Oh, wow. It can't be LeBron. Is LeBron James. Oh, gosh. Okay. 96 overall. So now you've got a frame of reference with those guys being 96, Giannis at 97, Luca at 95. I'm going to give you four names, and you're going to guess their rating out of 100. Kawhi Leonard. 92. 94. John ja Morant. 94. 93. Jason Tatum. 94. He's a 93 as well. And Jimmy Butler. 92. He's a 93. So that is the top, what is it, top 10 players in uh, NBA 2K. Okay. So um, you guys, if you're watching this, BJ Armstrong set some challenges to get your ratings up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe some of them are a little bit What's low. What's Anthony Davis's rating? Anthony Davis, let me find out. Let me see if it's uploaded because they're literally releasing Anthony that. Davis rating, and you know who else I'm interested in rating is Paul George. Okay. So, Paul George, if I had to guess, because I'm trying to remember because I've seen it, I'm trying to guess uh, Paul George would be like a 92, I reckon. Juancho Hernan Gomez is 72 overall. Zach Levine, what do you think? 88. Perfect. What is he? 88. Paolo Banquero, given that he's never played a game in oh, the NBA, he starts, on 82. A, he starts on a 78, but what do you think it'll be by the end of the year? 85. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let me see. Where's Paul George? Oh, how much do you think Zion is? 87. That's bang on the money. You're getting good at this. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting better at this. I'm not going to lie. What about Devin Booker? 91. Nah, you've seen these already. No, I haven't. I, I, I swear I haven't. Yeah, seen these I swear already. I haven't. I There's, swear. No, no. Way. There's I, I, no way. There's no way. I'm just going on what I think it, based on the ratings. If you're saying, like, the thing that yeah, one that yeah. threw me off was LeBron. That yeah. threw me off. So I was like, wait a minute. So apparently, Paul George, this isn't an official ring. 
Someone is claiming that Paul George is 88. But someone else is saying Paul George is a 93. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm not sure which one to believe on that. But um, those are some of the NBA 2K ratings. If you had to give yourself a rating <laughs> in your prime heyday, given that 90, the 90s Bulls, Michael 85, Jordan, 85. Michael Jordan was 99. Yeah, you 80, give yourself 80, an 85. 85. Okay. 85. 85, 85 to 88, depending on, you know. But we're going to have to check it out when the game yeah, comes Yeah, I, I have out. no idea. I'm we'll just based know. on, like, you know, because I'm, I'm just imagining in my mind, you know, just the... So it's like interior scoring, mid-range scoring, three-point yeah. scoring, playmaking, yeah, 85, yeah, perimeter 85, defense, interior 85. defense, offensive rebound, defensive rebound, potential, basketball IQ, all these things factored in. But the biggest factor is that the people at home need to press the pre-order link in the description right now. Make sure you get your copy of the game. We're we'll talking about it a fair amount this season, as you can hear. We back. We ain't going nowhere. Stay tuned. The Hoop Genius Podcast, as always, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. Until next time, <laughs> get buckets. <laughs> <laughs>